awesome, you guys. World Relief and other organizations that we get to serve and connect with through Love Your Neighbor. And that is the series that we're in right now. And it is so awesome because we get to gather around the vision of loving our neighbors through serving, giving, and love in big ways. Last week, if you remember, we signed up for ways to serve um, through Union Gospel Mission, Serve Spokane, Second Harvest. And if you didn't get a chance to sign up, um, in the lobby after service, there is still an opportunity to sign up to do our Serve Love Week and to get a cool North Church t-shirt as well, which I see a few of you repping those today. And next week, just so you know, is our big Love Your Neighbor offering. And for those of you who have been around for a while, you know that this is when all the money we collect, 100% of it goes outside of these walls to serve our community and to partner with the nonprofits and the good work that they are doing. So what is so cool about Love Your Neighbor is that we approach it in a whole gospel sort of way. And when I say whole gospel, this is what I mean. We, I, we serve and meet practical needs, so physical needs, practical needs, but then also spiritual needs. And that is what the gospel is all about. We can't just ignore one, focus on the other, you know, want to help someone spiritually but ignore the fact that they're hungry or just help someone that's hungry but not give them the gospel and give them Jesus. We need the whole gospel just like peanut butter needs jelly. They need each other. Have you ever had a jelly sandwich? There is something so wrong about that. Just something's missing. And that's what it's like with the whole gospel. Something is missing when we don't have meeting those practical needs and spiritual needs together. And we as a church, we care about that. As individuals and collectively as a church, we want to help someone's soul, but we also want to acknowledge the whole person and what they need. We don't just focus on evangelism, we also focus on justice. And Jesus is the one that shows us to do things in this way because he did his ministry in a whole gospel way. He met needs. He helped people. Um, he healed their bodies. He helped give them bread to eat. And then spiritually, he forgave sins. He cast out demons. And he gave people new spiritual life in him. And we see it from the beginning when Jesus comes. He says, I have come to give sight to the blind and to set the captives free. And he meant not just physical but spiritual as well, to give sight to the blind of why he came and who he is. And in his mission and ministry, he teaches us what it means to fulfill the great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment is to love God. And to love your neighbor with everything that's within you. And the great commission is to spread Jesus through baptizing, teaching, and discipling other people. Jesus teaches what that looks like. And it's so funny, when we look at the Gospels, we see the disciples following Jesus. And they are so confused the whole time. And Jesus is teaching them so many lessons. He's teaching them parables. He's showing them what it means to love people, serve people, and to be like him. And there's so many moments where they're like, I don't get it. I don't understand what you're saying. Or they do the exact opposite of what Jesus told them to do. And I believe Jesus wanted to show the disciples, what does it mean to be great? What does it mean to have humility and love and in God's eyes? Because from the world standpoint, to be great means other things like being, being big and flashy and eloquent and all of this. But with Jesus, he's saying to be great means something different. And in Luke 9, 46, we see the disciples, an argument started among them as to which of them was the greatest. 
I just imagine when they're fighting, I imagine children fighting. Like, I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. Like, these are grown men fighting about who's greater. And Jesus wanted to teach them again and again, this is what true greatness means. True greatness is humility. It's being a servant for other people. It's showing radical love and inclusion. And later in Luke, he says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus is showing this for three years to his disciples to be humble, to serve, to love, and they still didn't get it. So on the final night of Jesus' life, when he had the Passover meal with them, when he broke bread with them, he wanted to make sure the last lesson he gave them was a lesson of love, service, and humility. Because he saw for three years they didn't understand. He's like, okay, this is my final night. You guys better get this on this last night that I'm with you. And he could have done so many other things on his last night. He could have had, like, it, it's my birthday attitude, you know, when it's all about you. He could have done that of, like, this is my, this is about me. This is my final night. This is a big deal. I'm just going to, like, save the world of sin. And, but instead, he made it about them. He made it about the disciples. And this was the lesson that he wanted to leave them, how to love people with the whole gospel sort of love. So we see this in John 13, if you want to turn there with me, or it's on the screen behind me. Starting in verse 3, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God, meaning he knew he was going to die soon. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. This is a big deal. This is what the servant of the household would do. So for whatever reason, maybe he was on break, I don't know, he didn't do it. And Jesus realized this is a need here. And I'm going to humble myself, get on my knees, and wash your nasty feet. It is 12, imagine 12 dudes. That's 120 toes. That's gross. There's dirt and smells and hair. And, you know, they're walking a lot during that time. So it was just caked with dirt and nastiness. So I'm sure there were smells and they were just like blown away that Jesus was doing this. And that was the regular custom when people would go and have meals. You wanted to have clean feet during that time. And Jesus did that. So they respected Jesus so much. So imagine the person that you respect a lot doing that for you. Your boss, CEO of your company, your teacher, someone you really look up to doing this for you, humbling themselves, doing this big service that nobody wants to do, right? That's gross. And Peter, he realized how gross this was, and he's like, no way. In verse 6, Jesus came to Simon Peter, one of the disciples, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord said, as Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. He wanted to be all in. He's like, okay, I want to be with you, Jesus. Wash all of me then. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that is why he said not everyone was clean, meaning Judas, who was going to betray him soon. 
When he had finished washing their feet, he put his clothes on, returned to his place, and he says, do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. He's asking, do you understand what I have done for you? Do you understand what it means to be great? Do you understand the humility and service and love? And he taught them many other things that night. He prayed for them and he was showing them he was going to die for their sins soon. And he wanted to show that he not only cares about them having clean feet, serving his practical needs, that he also cares about their clean souls. And everything he taught them for the three years was coming together in this moment. And as theologian D.A. Carson says, I was with the crucifixion, so with the foot washing. Each is simultaneously an act of God by which human beings are freed or cleansed, whether in reality the cross or in symbol the foot washing, an example that Jesus' followers are to emulate. So this theologian is suggesting that the foot washing is foreshadowing to an even greater cleansing of their souls. So what does this mean for us? It means that as we serve people, both in practical ways and spiritual ways, we got to be willing to get dirty, get our hands dirty. And when Jesus is doing this, he's showing them love in many ways, but be willing to even do that. The hardest thing, the thing that nobody wants to do, be willing to serve others in ways that are inconvenient and they're not glamorous and they might be challenging as well. So as I was preparing for today, I wanted to think, what is the equivalent to washing feet in 2020? That's not really a custom we have anymore. So I thought maybe I could bring someone up here and I could pop their zit because that's pretty similar to, you know, getting up in their grill and like touching gross things just like feet. Or I think what's pretty similar is cleaning somebody's toilet, like a dirty toilet that's not yours. That Nobody wants to do that. That is gross. I was like, logistically, I probably can't bring a toilet up here and that would be really nasty. So I decided to invite my friend up here, Ryan Edens, and I think I'm going to do something with his feet, something just to show like what Jesus did. So here he is right here. Do you guys know who Ryan Edens is? He's just playing bass over here. So, all right, come on. <laughs> okay, so sit on down. I think I want to be like Jesus right now and wash your feet. How did you feel about that? I'm good. You're good? Okay. You told me you haven't washed your feet since Wednesday. Is that true? That's correct. Okay. Well, now I'm really nervous, and I don't know. So um, I could have brought, like, a bucket of water up here, too, but I was like, the tech stuff, that would have been a lot, and water and stuff. So I just brought some baby wipes with me. Is that okay? Will they feel clean after that? Isn't that how we kind of clean now? Okay. Okay. Well, yes. Let's, let's pull them off. Okay. Whoa. Oh, okay, let me put my mask on. Um, let me make sure you guys can see too here. Maybe that can save me from the smell and because we're not social distant. To you, it's not that bad. Okay. 
how did Jesus do this? I can't even do this when it's like, you didn't walk around like crazy out in the dirt. Okay, here we go. Oh, ooh. Is, are they as hairy as right here? I'm really scared. Okay, are you zooming in, cameraman, on this to see what happens? Ooh, ooh. Oh, gross. Okay, Ryan, I can smell it through my mask. Oh my gosh, and you're missing a big toe, a uh, big toe uh, nail right here? Okay, well that's even grosser. Okay, <laughs> let's do this. I think you will feel so clean after this, right here. Ooh, ooh, so gross and hairy. What's the black stuff here? Oh, it's, a, it's from the sock, sure it is. Between the toes, ooh. You know what, I also brought some perfume, so I think that would really, really help there. <laughs> oh. All right, does do that feel good? Do I have to do both, can I just do one? I think I'll do one. Okay, okay, can you give Brian Eden's a hand here? Thank you so much for coming up. Ooh. I gotta do this really quick. Okay, that is what Jesus did, but it was very different. He had, he like did it for 12 people. He got all up in there and ooh, he didn't have hand sanitizer either. I'll ask one of you later if you guys wanna volunteer for the other services, okay? <laughs> so what does it look like for us to love people in big ways, gross ways, inconvenient ways? Jesus showed love like this. I should probably take a mask off, huh? People showed in this way. And Jesus was saying, like, you, we need to be willing to do even that. We need to be willing to get on our knees, to be, get dirty, and to get our hands dirty. And he gave bread to people at different times, and he's trying to show us. Sometimes it's easy just to hand bread to people, but it's harder to do things like that. Um, to get involved in other people's mess, to be inconvenienced, to touch hairy, gross feet. So what could this look like for you? You're probably not going to wash the feet of someone random, but it could mean doing something hard, like inviting a neighbor over who's hard to get along with, inviting them over to dinner, or finding time in your busy schedule to serve other people. Or going to a place in your town, in town that you wouldn't usually go to. I remember when I was uh, serving at Youth for Christ, we used to hang out at the Hilliard Skate Park. And that was just cool. It wasn't a place I would usually go to. But like that, going somewhere you wouldn't usually go. Or maybe it's hard to love through um, respecting other people whose views are different or their opinions are different than yours. Especially in this time. Um, we get closer to elections and just different opinions, like how does it look to love and to respect other people in that way? Or maybe it's hard to love through just wearing a mask in order to keep others safe. Love isn't always convenient, safe, glamorous, or as what we just saw, sanitary. It's not always that. So imagine as Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, how their hearts were open, their minds were open to what Jesus was saying. Because 
all along the way, they weren't quite getting it. They weren't getting what he meant by humility. And imagine as they're sitting there and he's washing their feet and their eyes are open. They're saying, okay, this is what Jesus means by humility. This is what Jesus means about being great, to love and to serve others in this way. And do you realize as well, he cleaned the feet of even Judas, the one who's going to betray him. He was a part of this as well. So I wonder what could have happened inside Judas's heart at that point as well. And we as a church, we love our neighbors so well. I am so proud to be a part of a church of people like you who love and serve other people in challenging ways. This season has been hard, right? And I've heard so many stories of those helping each other with groceries and childcare and supporting local businesses so they don't go out of business. There have been so many ways that we have loved our neighbors well. But I want to share with you one story of a couple in this church that I absolutely love. Their names are Brian and Sarah Davis. They've attended our church for a while now, and they're wonderful people. And about a year ago, there was a gal named Cami, that's her, who came in to church, and she didn't know anybody. She was looking lost, and Sarah and Brian noticed this, so they asked her to sit with them. And Cammie would sit with them week after week and get to know them a little bit, and they formed a friendship. And after a short amount of time, Cammie told them that they, the place she was going to live wasn't going to work out anymore, and she needed somewhere to live uh, pretty urgently. So what did Brian and Sarah do? They opened up their home to her. They hadn't known her for very long, and they are just like, okay, here's a need. Here's how we can serve. So come on, come live with us. So... What's so cool about this is that they did life together, they ate meals together, they did chores together, they hosted people, and Cami became just a part of just a part of the family. So she lived with them for five months. And through that time, um, as we saw in that picture there, she felt like family, so they included her in their family Christmas photo, which is so amazing. And then after five months, she got back on her feet, was able to get a place of her own, and they still have a growing friendship to this day. And what's really awesome is that they wanted to help meet a practical need, but then also they helped her grow spiritually. They wanted her to get into Rooted, to get other spiritual um, believers and friends, and to grow in her faith. So they addressed both the spiritual needs and the practical needs in Cammie's life. They loved her in a whole gospel sort of way. They didn't just say, hey, Cammie, sorry that uh, you're not going to have a place to live. Hey, come sign up for Rooted. Come uh, get in a Bible study. They didn't say that. They said, hey, let's have you live with us, and let's also open up a way, help you um, grow spiritually. And they also didn't just say, let's have you live with us, but then they didn't address the spiritual part. So as we see, like, we need both sides as we love in a whole gospel way. And I know there's so many other stories in this church of those of you who have been sacrificial and have been inconvenienced in order to love other people. And Jesus says that we as Christians, we will be known by how we love others. In John 13, verse 34, it says, A new command I give you today. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. 
Jesus desires for people to know we are Christians by the way we treat other people. That's what I love about BLESS, the acronym that we say here all the time of begin with prayer, uh, listen to somebody, eat with them, serve them, and then share our story with them. We need to have all the letters because if we just serve and we never share about Jesus or who Jesus means to us, then we're missing that part for them to come to know Christ as well. And as uh, Pastor Nate said a few weeks ago, evangelism is good. It's okay. And there's um, a new thought in our culture that evangelism is not okay and that it's offensive and, um, and whatever, but it is okay. And it's good for us to share Jesus with other people. So you've probably heard this question before, this question of if your church disappeared tomorrow, would anybody notice? We like to think about that because we like to believe that we are making a huge impact in our city. And that if we were gone, that people would feel, feel that. People would notice and be upset. And I think we can ask that question for ourselves as well. If I were to move out of my neighborhood, if I were to leave my job, if I were to go, would anybody notice? Would anybody be sad? Is the impact that I'm making where I'm at is it, would I leave a gap that would be noticeable? I just moved into my neighborhood in June, um, and I'm trying to get to know my neighbors. I know seven out of the eight houses surrounding me, and I would hope that it, when I move one day that people will say, oh, my goodness, I am so sad to see Olivia go. She was such a good neighbor. She loved us so well. I would hope they would say that instead of saying, oh, my goodness, I am so glad Olivia left. She was the worst neighbor, or maybe I just never saw her. I don't know. Um, so what? What is that for you? What is the impact that you are making? Where would you be missed? Would it be noticeable if you moved on? We need to ask ourselves these hard questions and be honest with ourselves. In this season, how are you, how am I going the extra mile for people? How am I putting the needs of other people above myself? How are you laying down your rights for the greater good? Where are you turning away from the natural tendency of selfishness and towards selflessness? How are you washing people's feet and presenting the gospel to them as you serve, including the Judas in your life, whoever that may be? We need to ask ourselves these hard questions and love people with the whole gospel and care about clean feet, but also clean souls. And not just care about the spiritual of getting people to church and not thinking about what their practical needs are. And we're not just caring about serving the practical needs and not longing for their souls to be with Jesus, for them to receive the gift of salvation. We need both of these. We need the whole gospel. So let's continue to love people and care about their spiritual well-being and their physical well-being as well. And let's love in ways that are sacrificial, inconvenient, and exercise love and humility. Let's love with the whole gospel and let's celebrate how God is using each and every one of us in order to point people to him and to share his heart for the world. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much um, for this church. Thank you for us that are, we're serving, we are helping, we are um, 
figuring out ways to be your hands and feet, Lord. Would you just open up more opportunities? Open up our eyes, God, to who you have in front of us. What opportunities to um, serve and love other people. If we're already doing that, God, take us deeper. Help us be good listeners or help us be those who are uh, fighting for peace and wherever we're at. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of salvation, for your Holy Spirit that empowers us to love in hard ways. And we thank you for your sacrifice. And you are the one that paved the way for us to love, to serve, and to have hearts of humility. Lord, we ask for that even more so because as we follow you, we want to look like you, Father. God, we thank you and we celebrate what you are doing in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.
Thank you for joining us online today. If you felt that the message spoke to you and you would like some prayer, go ahead and click on the live prayer button at the bottom of the screen. And if you want to get connected further in North Church, whether you're new or you've been here for a while, click on the link at the top of the chat and we will get you connected. Have a good week.
Thank you for joining us online today. If you felt that the message spoke to you and you would like some prayer, go ahead and click on the live prayer button at the bottom of the screen. And if you want to get connected further in North Church, whether you're new or you've been here for a while, click on the link at the top of the chat and we will get you connected. Have a good week.